House of Bob is sponsored by Legend 7 Brewing. Based in our hometown of Calgary, Alberta, these guys do a ton to keep us online and keep beers in our fridge. Thanks for listening. Welcome, listeners, once again to House of Annihilation. Today, we have a very special treat for you. A little side story featuring one of your favorite characters, Verul, and his companion, Gondolo. Hi, I'm Schubert. I'll be playing Ferule, the foppish dandy wannabe adventurer. Hi, I'm Trevor, and I'll be playing Jason Drake Grayson, rogue, cleric, bard. And I'm Sean, your dungeon master. If you like what you hear, you can support House of Bob and help us grow by reviewing us on iTunes, buying merch from our Etsy store, or even just telling your friends about us. Roll on. Last we saw Ferul, he had been captured by the dangerous Yuan-Ti at Needle's Bones. And now, the Yuan-Ti, working their way south, have dragged Ferul, Gondolo, and Zongo all the way to the lost city of Omu. I'm here with Schubert, player of Ferul. Hello. We haven't seen you for a long time, so I'm just going to get you to tell me a little bit about how we've changed Ferul from the original Inception. Last time we saw Ferul, he was a non-player character that you had kind of taken the reins of. Mm-hmm. He was a scout, which is a lower-level NPC ally character. Now he's a full-fledged PC Whoa, player character. So what does that mean for Ferul? What is a little bit different about him now? In D&D terms, technically, he is a rogue level 5, and his subclass is Thief. But he's definitely grown a lot as a character. He's become far more paranoid. Mm-hmm. Living in the jungle has taught him to always be on his toes and to always be looking for signs of danger and trouble. He has actually become a fairly competent explorer of the jungle. I don't know if he's a qualified guide quite yet or if he ever will be, but he's definitely become a lot more competent about getting around the jungle and he's gotten in a couple of fights, so he's definitely become a bit more of a competent fighter. He's gained some courage and competence and confidence. Wonderful. It sounds like Ferul is really coming into his own. He's evolved from what we've seen before, and I'm excited to see how that goes here. Definitely. So, Ferul, you've been blindfolded for probably the better part of two weeks as the Yuan-Ti have dragged you through the jungle. You were dragged through trees over roots. They didn't really care to pick you up as you were slammed along the way into roots and through mud puddles and across rivers. You noticed the sounds change as you were on your journey. They were the cacophonous cries of monkeys and birds and even distant dinosaurs as you were through the jungle. But just recently, you've noticed a change in tone and, and now it feels a lot more quiet, a lot more still. And while you can still hear the distant crashing of of something huge in the distance. Um, It seems like you're being dragged along sort of like a cobblestone sort of road. You're brought to a couple of gates and you can hear doors opening and closing as you're taken inside somewhere. You hear the Yuan-Ti talking to each other and this sort of garbled mixture of common and draconic and something else. And you're able to catch some words, but it's just the weird pigeon language almost. And then eventually, and finally, you are dropped, maybe about 10, 15 feet into a pit. Ow! Your hands are loosened from their bounds, 
and you manage to pull the blindfold off of your face as the stench of sweat filling the humid air. You find that you are leaning up against the wall of a dank, partially flooded pit. There are other prisoners in here with you, one of them being Gondolo. Another one is a, well, maybe I'll let him describe what he looks like. Trevor's here, but he's playing somebody new. I'm playing Jason Drake Grayson. Describe what you look like for for all. Jason Drake Grayson is a mouthful. Slender yeah. man. Do I always have to say the full name? <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, yes. I mean, you could abbreviate it to Jason Drake. Can I call you the J- Drake? I'm going to call you JD. <laughs> <laughs> I knew this was coming. It is for real. Yeah. Jason Drake Grayson's got thick, curly black hair, but it's trimmed quite neatly on the sides of his heads, even somehow within captivity, revealing his slightly shorter pointy ears of his half-elf heritage. He's got custom-made sunglasses and a no. leather jacket with spikes. <laughs> He seems like a pretty cool biker dude. That, he, yeah, that is actually pretty cool. Right? I don't think I've ever seen sunglasses before. So yeah. This is incredibly radical. They're, they're custom made. All right. You guys are currently sitting in about three feet of water and Gondolo standing beside you because if you were to sit down, just... Yeah. Frugal, are you okay? I mean, what's your definition of okay? Uh... Are you alive? Yes. Are you possessed by a snake person? Actually, I don't know. Mm. I could be. <laughs> I don't think so. We'd notice. I probably would say an absolute no to yeah, that question if, so I, if I was. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, uh, I am absolutely pleased to meet you. My name is Gondolo. Oh, where are my manners? I'm so sorry. <laughs> JD, this is Gondolo. Gondolo. This is Jason Drake Grayson. Jason Drake Grayson. Grayson. Drake. Great. Jake Drayson. JD. I I believe that Jason Drake Grayson. Do we know each other? You've been here for a while. We just got here. Yeah. Yes, I have been. I. Sorry. I I don't think we've met before, my friend. Is there anybody else in this pit? It looks like this is it. Just the three of us. Did the guard drop them off and then walk away? Yeah, they did. Actually, you saw them drop them in. They slid the grate three quarters of the way on top of the pit and then walked away. Jason Drake Grayson looks up, lets his elven ears reach out and hear the guards step away. And then he reaches over and lays lay on hands and heals light wounds for your tired traveling as well, too. Oh, my God. Another magic person? Hey, man. It's all right. Jungles just full of you guys. Well, I mean, I could I I could probably do that, too, if I wanted. But I'd like to see that, man. That'd be cool. I believe in you. Thank you. Your amazing passive perceptions of 19 and 17 easily hear that your captors have left the room above and have closed a portcullis behind them. The pit that you're in has sloped up towards the top walls. You know that it's not going to be easy to climb, but I think maybe there's some finger holds in here. How tall is it? It's a bell-shaped chamber, 10 feet deep and 10 feet in diameter. So if you stood on my shoulders and your little friend stood on your shoulders. Oh, wow. Is that possible? That might be. We can carefully balance. Yeah, it's just like riding a dinosaur. What's the plan? How are we getting out of here? The little guy gets on your shoulders. Yep. And then... Gondolo. Gondolo will get on Ferule's we, shoulders. We've done that before. And then Ferule will get onto my shoulders. And then Gondolo will be out of the pit. Okay. Roll a acrobatics check. He scrabbles up onto your shoulders and is clutching there like... 
like an infant with ear balance problems or something. I don't know. He's tottering on top of you. Uh, That's a very specific description. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a good grip. Hold on. Oh my God, Gondolo, you're like an <laughs> infant with ear problems. <laughs> <laughs> are, are your inner ears okay um there might be some water in there is there anything i can do to help this situation uh yeah you you can kind of steady him there okay um, i'll get you to just roll to get up on am i also doing an acrobatics yeah acrobatics for athletics 22 you clamber on top of jason's shoulders just above gondolo's head now is that six inches of open space in the grate and he goes to push as hard as he can. And he's going to make a strength check. You can do it, Gondolo. Just to widen it just a little bit. You're the strongest among us. Before you roll that, yeah. uh, Jason Drake is cheering him on. Come on, little man. You got this. And he gives him bardic inspiration. Nice. He's, he's probably going to need it. Gondolo manages to slide the grate just a, a little bit off to the side. And he pulls himself up. And you wait as he shuffles around on the floor above you and then you hear a iron winch lifts the lid away completely off away oh, from you i thought they were coming back oh phew that's good he comes back leaning over the edge of the pit there's no ropes or anything uh i've oh i did have a rope in my bag before they took it away um are our bags up there uh no nothing nothing's in here at all it's there's there's three other pits uh and i can hear people inside them who? I can ask them if they have rope. Maybe not. They probably don't. We could just tie our clothes together. Or, I mean, I'm a pretty good climber. I could just probably do it myself. <laughs> Go okay, for it. Okay, do that. No, why don't you... I'll be the hero here, okay? All right. JD? Yep. You get on my shoulders. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. And Gondolo, reach down your tiny, beefy arms. <laughs> oh, okay. And pull JD up. I'll give it my best shot. Uh, okay, JD, uh, roll a athletics check. 10. You got two people aiding you, though, so I think you get advantage. 14. You manage to grab onto the side, and just as you are starting to pull yourself up over the edge, you see on the far wall of the room the portcullis raise up. And coming through, you have a couple of freaky-looking dudes. Uh-oh. Just two? Should we go back in the pit? Well, you're still in the pit, aren't you? Because you lifted me up because you're the hero. Yeah. So the yuan that comes through the door is just this beefy, muscle-bound, Arnold Schwarzenegger-looking body guy with a huge snake head, like a pit viper head. He's flanked on either side by two Chulton humans. Oh. Would I be able to cast invisibility as the door is opening? Roll me a perception check. 18. You're invisible. Yes. Gondolo turns to see these three figures come through, and the yon you can see, gives him this glare and says, How did you get out of there? Who, who are you to attempt to free yourself from your chamber? Gondolo is totally frozen in fright, and he right now is sort of edging and backing his way, and you can see, Jason, that he is about to topple over the side of the pit back in jason does a sneak attack on the big guy in an attempt to injure him but also knock him into the pit you're gonna try and knock the big guy into the pit yeah okay roll me a stealth just to get around behind without them noticing you 12 
you expertly take advantage of these guys' distracted sentiment right now. They're currently totally focused on the terrified halfling in front of you. And you make your way around behind. You position yourself right behind the on-team Alison. And I guess you do a shove? Yeah, I think I'm going to shove. Okay. So that is an opposed athletics or acrobatics check. It's going to be an acrobatics check. Eight on that. I rolled a seven. Oh, So yes. you, invisible, come up behind this Yonti and you shove his back and he topples over top of Gondolo through down into the pit, landing face first in the water. The same pit that Ferule is in. Yeah. Perfect. That'll give me an extra foot or two to step on. He lands face first right beside Ferule. Roll initiative. Ferule got six. Jason Drake Grayson got a 24. All right, Jason, right in front of you, Gondolo, the pit, right to your left and right, flanking you right now, are two beefy-looking Cholton gladiators. They're human, but you can see that they're reacting to this Yonti falling in with dismay. They're on his side, and you act first. I would like to shove another guy into the pit. <laughs> okay, just throwing them all down on top of Ferule, hey? Yep. It'll give Ferule the ability to climb up. Yeah. When you shove enough in. Yeah, exactly. 12. That is not enough. This gladiator, now reacting to your presence, brings a shield up and deflects your arms as you try and trip him. Uh. Knocks you back a little bit. Gondolo starts from his frozen fear, and he is going to attempt to grab the knife off of the gladiator's belt. He's currently grabbling at this other gladiator's belt, trying to pull the knife out, and the gladiator just sidesteps. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> The Yonti now, in the pit, stands up right next to Ferule, and he's going to look you in the eyes, and you're going to make a wisdom saving throw. The snake's eyes do that swirly, hypnotic thing as he gazes Uh into your eyes. You hear this hissing in the back of your head. Stop trying to seduce me. Nope. Ferule got 15. You felt this overwhelming urge to just start swimming? But you managed to shake it off. I do enjoy swimming. (laughs) Not usually in like a three foot pit of water, though. Your turn. While he is staring hypnotically at me, is this snake gentleman, snakey man, is he carrying any weapons? He or she? It's definitely a male body. You can see that he has a scimitar on his belt. I say, I like that. And I attempt to unsheath it into my hand. Go for it. Could I try to do it as a sleight of hand? Yes. It's still a part of an attack action, but you'll make a sleight of hand check. If you've got proficiency or expertise in it, you absolutely get that. Okay. That'll just be opposed by his acrobatics. Okay, sure. Sounds good. 18. I rolled a 20. Ooh. He just manages just to sidestep, but he sees what you're going for his sword now and is like, "Ah!" for rule, your turn is over. Well, I could still move. Yeah, you could try and climb as a move. It would be half speed. You might be able to get all the way out of the pit if you succeed on a check. So I also have second story work, which means my climb speed is just the same as my movement speed. You have a climb speed? Yeah. Okay, you can just get out of the pit. Yeah. (laughs) You could have got out of the pit the whole time. (laughs) That's what I've been trying to tell you guys. (laughs) All right, so you do that? Yeah. All right, I don't know why you would, but whatever. (laughs) <laughs> Why? It seems like a good time in this pit. Yeah, it's pretty fun. 
Jason, your turn. Still two gladiators beside you. Gondola's kind of fidgeting at one's belt, and he's kind of fighting him off, and you're kind of fighting the other one, and then you see Farul just pull himself out of the pit. You, you looking all right there? That snake man tried to seduce me. Well, we should probably send his buddies down there as well, too. What do you say? Uh, that sounds like a good idea. And then we high-five, and sweet music plays behind us. Yeah! And then a gladiator hits you with the scimitar. Oh, I cast Guiding Bolt? Sure. Would I be able to position myself to cast Guiding Bolt at the guy so that he... It's it's not going to move him, but it's going to do damage. It's going to do damage. Could I do it in such a way that it makes it look like he might fall back, even though he won't, because that's just how the mechanics look? Yeah, visually, cinematically, you guys are fighting around the pit, and with every blast, he gets a little bit closer. You'd have to invest the action in order to actually push him over. Okay. Guiding Bolt is a first-level cleric spell for you. Yep. It's an action. A flash of light streaks towards a creature of your choice within range. Make a ranged spell attack against the target. Right now, you're in melee with him, so unless you have Warcaster, you have to take disadvantage on your attack roll. Uh-huh. Don't worry about it, man. It's fine. It's cool. You're yep. shooting him shooting him point blank. 20. 20 hits. The Guiding Bolt slams into his chest. He's going to take 46 radiant damage. And the next attack roll made against this target before the end of Jason's next turn has advantage. 18. Nice. Jason, any moves, any bonus actions? Bonus action, I want to give Bardic Inspiration to the guy that just crawled out of that pit. Because he's so awesome. Yeah! The hero has entered the room. (laughs) You just said that, and now Farul's like, I am a hero. (laughs) (laughs) You're the best bard ever. (laughs) Just making everybody feel cool. How many times can you do that? And when do I get my sunglasses? (laughs) Three per long rest. Gondolo is going to go for a shin kick on this gladiator and misses. Sorry, guys. He just doesn't have any gear. He's not very good without it. It's okay, Gondolo. You're trying. Keep at it. We believe in you. Mm-hmm. So now my Yonti, down in the pit, is attempting to figure out how the shit is he going to get out of here. <laughs> Don't worry. You can stay down there. You got all well, your time. they've never accidentally fallen down their own pits? Not this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you spent some time down there cleaning those pits. You'd know how to get out of oh. those pits. I don't care about your hygiene. (laughs) Yeah, going right after the thing that hurts the most. (laughs) Clean your pants. (laughs) He's got to try and just jump out or climb out. You guys have basically defeated him. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now we know how to defeat the rest. You hear this (laughs) splash. And then, call for help, you idiots! Farul, your turn. You got two gladiators, one tangoing with Jason, just got hit by a guiding bolt. Yeah. The other one currently doing the dance of death with Gondolo over to the other side. Gondolo, mm-hmm. absolutely ineffectual. You yes. can tell 100% Gondolo is floundering here. I'm going to karate kick the one that got guided, bolted. Yep. I'm going to karate kick it. Okay. Into the pit. 15. He's got his shield. He's got the studded leather on. He's just managing to deflect your hits. You're not able to get through with that kick. Seems to be a little tougher than maybe you thought. I think I will disengage. Yeah. And then I'll run over to Gondolo. Sure. So you just kind of sidestep a little bit towards the other gladiators. Yeah. You want to get to Gondolo? You got to go through me first. Because I'm Farool. A Farooling Gondolo. And we're adventurers. And I... I (laughs) 
go on a 20 minute monologue oh my gosh that's a, that's a really long monologue <laughs> well i'm trying to distract them so jd can do something <laughs> okay jason unfortunately for you this gladiator is going to shield bash you oh not cool dude <laughs> 22 to hit ouch you bound back Ugh. as you take nine bludgeoning damage make a strength saving throw four you are knocked prone there you are deking and dodging just shot him with a guiding bolt he steps up shield bash boom you get knocked down to the ground you're on your back and then he pulls his spear and he's gonna thrust it at you twice that's a lot worse than once yeah harsh man 26 to hit oh jeez and an 18 to hit damn 11 damage and nine damage. I'm negative one. You're negative one. You're unconscious. That gladiator then turns towards you, Farul. He gives you a look, and the gladiator that you and Gondola were fighting against says, this is your one opportunity to surrender alive. I just saw the coolest person I've ever <laughs> met in my life get easily beat down in front of me. But I mean, you know. <laughs> How many opportunities do you get? To push snake people in pits. I mean, give it a try. Gondolo, you have to roll well on your next turn. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Gondolo's right beside me, so yep. I would get sneak attack. Yep. Seven. These guys are just too heavily armored. You're not able to get through their defenses and their shields. I should have taken my last chance to surrender. <laughs> the gladiators stand before you. One of them reaches his spear down into the pit and helps the Yonti back out of the pit. And he just obviously is absolutely furious. This is an outrage. Pink creatures are the worst. That's very racist. Hell, man. If I was conscious, I would be rolling my eyes right now. (laughs) He points at Jason. Take that one and bring these two. And he leads you all along with the gladiators. And one of them just dragging Jason by a leg (laughs) out of this room. And you can see that through the portcullis is a long... 10 foot wide hallway. I'm explaining to the Yuanti that you have to support his spine. He starts to walk you down the hallway and the very first room that you come across is this horrifying scene. There is a 12 foot long altar of stone that is completely caked in dried blood. You can see beside the altar there are two little gouges in the ground where a stream of blood goes to two identical pools and then goes through a grate in the wall. To your right there's another door. They take you a little bit further past this room to this curtained off area. The hallway continues, but the curtained off area is to the right. They take you through and you are greeted by the sight of a fascinatingly beautiful Chalton woman with the lower body of a constrictor snake. The Yonti that brought you here kneels before her, bows his head and says, Nightmare Speaker Fantaza, I've brought you these prisoners. One of them does an action movie medicine check and just slaps your face and you're roused. (laughs) (laughs) Now that's how you heal someone. I pick my glasses up off the ground and put them back on my face. You're going to be at zero, but conscious. The woman rises from her coil in the corner on this huge bed of cushions and pillows and slithers forward a little bit. She says, who is this that you've brought me? Well, I'm Farul and this is Gondolo and this is my friend JD. Hmm. The auntie slaps the back of your head. You shall speak when spoken to. Okay, good to know. I'll 
pack that away and make a note of it. Fantaza looks over you. It is all right, Yaru. There's something about these three. Feel as though I have seen them in the nightmares. Tell me, for rule. Yes. What brings you to the jungles of Chult? Well, I got kicked out of my parents' place. They said I was a freeloader and that I needed to go prove myself. So packed up my shit, came over to Chult, heard there was some money to be made, fortune to be won. Met this guy, Gondolo, pretty neat fella. And yeah, became one of the best dinosaur racers possibly in Chalton history. After we easily won the dinosaur races, made a lot of money, decided to become adventurers, go into the jungle, just kind of naturally became guides. And uh, yeah, what was your question again? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you here? <laughs> Why are you here? Aside from getting captured, what brings you to the jungle? <laughs> what purpose does your life hold? Got asked that by my stepdad a lot growing up. <laughs> she slithers a little closer to you, bringing her face next to yours, and her hand touches your cheek. I can give you purpose if you want it. Uh, I'm good, actually. I've... I, I'm kind of like just being a purposeless, kind of wandering idiot. I'm I'm good this way, actually. But thank you. I, I really appreciate it. Very kind. What if I had a way for you to regain your freedom? Regain your purposeless wandering? You do have that. It's called letting me go. Oh, but <laughs> I believe that amongst the peoples of the top world that... Commerce and quid pro quo are part of the system. I've heard those words. So you do something for me, and I can do something for you. Ah, a bargain. Yes. I could do all kinds of things for you. Name it. She looks up to the Yuan-Ti that has brought you here. I give pretty good massages. <laughs> Snake massages? I mean... I've never done it before, but... It's a really long back, if you think about it. They probably need lots of massages. That's true, right? And you have th something they don't. You got thumbs. <laughs> I think they might actually have <laughs> oh, thumbs. Oh, that's a good point. These guys all have thumbs. <laughs> These particular snake people do have thumbs. Jason Drake Grayson's just mumbling in his, like, <laughs> semi-conscious... <laughs> snakes? Snakes with thumbs? Snakes no. Thumb. No, this can't be. Just just massage them. Just You'll, they'll be fine. <laughs> Just massage. For rule, I am, for all my power and beauty, not the true leader of the Yuan-Ti here in Omu yet. There is another, a rather troublesome man known as Raznasi. He Sounds like a big dick. He is, but also a very little one. Oh. At one point, I believed in his ability to lead us. I thought that he was the man to take us into the New Age, to usher in the awakening of Dendar the Night Serpent, but I have seen him grow weaker with every passing day, and I am, I am frankly sick of his leadership. It chafes me. If you could do something to move him along, I would make it worth your while. Absolutely. I mean, just let us go, and we'll just head on right on over to him. And take him out. It's really no Good. problem for Excellent. people such as ourselves. What would you need in order to see this done? All my equipment back. I'd need my friend JD here to be healed and to be given his extra pairs of sunglasses. 
Interesting. And lots of magic items. Gold. And gold. Oh, and a dinosaur. Uh, okay. Well, let's not push it. Oh, and Zongo. Yeah. We do need Zongo. <laughs> we don't need all the gold and magic items. Just our items back and Zongo would be nice. Tell you what. First, we'll conduct a little test to ensure that I can trust you. Slave Master Isar has many jobs that need to be done before the end of the day. Go to him. He will give you something to do. And if you complete it satisfactorily, I will return your equipment to you. And I will give you further aid to ensure that Rasnacy falls. Okay. Can Drazen Drake help with this? Absolutely. Can he be healed? He'll be good. You will just be staggered or exhausted. So things will have disadvantage until you're able to get a rest. Oh, okay. But yeah, absolutely can help. Sweet. You'll just be living at zero. She turns back to Yaru, the other Yonti, and snaps her finger and says, You, Yaru, take them to Isar. Do not speak a word of this to anyone. And Yaru bouts to her. Yeah, keep it on the hush-hush, Yaru. And he takes you through a couple other sections on the way to meet Slave Master Isar. You guys walk through a couple other large chambers. You see that the Yonti here are numerous. You see that they also have a number of slaves that are working around the compound with this glazed look, this defeated look in their eyes. A lot of them seem to be, in some way or another, resigned to their fate. You are taken through a couple nicer sections of this chamber, this Mayan-style building, lots of carvings on the walls, and you go through this one chamber that just has all of these carved images of... Yonti conquering the world and summoning this giant death snake to eat the entire planet. Not cool. Bogus, man. <laughs> totally bogus. Totally. Are these ancient ruins? Yeah. Okay, so these have been here for like a thousand years. Or Absolutely, okay. yeah. Well, at least we know that these people are bad at their job because none of this stuff has happened yet, right? Hmm. There is that. Yeah. And, and it's not very hygienical. It's all unclean. Right. Do either of you guys have a knowledge history? I do. Roll it. 17. You know a fair amount about the Yonti. As you're walking through the hallways, maybe you're whispering some of it to Ferule to kind of get him caught up on what he's walking into. That'd be cool. Mm -hmm. You know that the Yonti were, at one point, thousands of years ago, the earliest days of civilization, were humans that worshipped serpents as totem animals. They revered all of the things that a snake represented and wanted to be like the snake so much that they corrupted themselves with blood magic. Gross. They worship a couple different nihilist apocalyptic death gods, one of them being Dendar, the night serpent that you see repeated in the motifs around the compound. You know that some of these Yonti could have been here for centuries, and some of them could have been recent converts from Port Nianzaru that were changed in a ritual of blood sacrifice. In fact, some of the Yonti that you see here are not so dramatically snake-like as Yaru and Penthaza, some of them are just humans, both scaly skin, like Salida. But then there's other more freaky versions where just their arms and legs are snakes. And eventually you get taken down a ramp, you get taken through a storage area out into a slave compound in this rough hewn area of cave. Here a campfire casts warm light in this cavern. You can see there's heaps of dead grass and palm fronds scattered about. The muddy floor is totally tromped up with footprints everywhere. A, another Yonti Malison, this slave master Isar that you were introduced to, is the type of Yonti that has snake arms. Each arm changing at the elbow from normal human skin to this scaly, twining, double snake mass that ends in the heads of a couple of vipers on each arm. Some bad eczema. 
Yeah, it's terrible. Some real bad eczema. Put some moisturizer on that. He's wearing a red cloth headdress, and he's currently just gazing at his reflection in a hand mirror as he makes occasional motions towards this 10-year-old boy standing beside him. I don't like where this is going. I don't like where this is going. 10-year-old boy seems to interpret the gestures and the eyebrow raises of Isar, and he says, Slave Master Isar says that um, you look very strong and capable. And Really? Uh uh, oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> yes. He's basically not looking at you at all. The boy continues. He says that you should be able to complete your task. The kid's kind of got shifty eyes looking back and forth at Isar. You, you got the sense that he's kind of hoping that what he's saying is right. You need to uh, complete a job in order to prove that you deserve to. Yes, we were told to complete a very simple task. It's really more of a ceremonial thing, I think. You're doing great, kid. Roll a percentile dice, each of you. All right. Two. 44. Okay. Master Isarth says that, that you, uh, human one, you have to muck out the dinosaur pen. So I don't have to. And... <laughs> hmm. <laughs> this kid's ability to prove. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> and the uh, half-elf, you... um. You have to help uh, Master Zopal in the poison distillery. All right. Sounds cool. Dangerous. Don't don't mess up. Okay. Gondolo is also going to roll. The little one must uh, c- clean up the beds. The auntie beds. Oh, you get off so easy. Make sure you do a good job. They like everything folded crisply. With his little arms? I feel bad for him. <laughs> Those long sheets? They're snakes? <laughs> Yeah, that's that's way harder than cleaning up dinosaur poop. They send you out with some directions about which hallways you have to go through in order to get there, and they set you guys loose in the compound. All right, so should we do this thing? I think we should just do it. I feel like that would be the fastest way. Hmm. I agree with what you're saying here, but what if we also set ourselves up for success later? Like, we're doing the thing, but we're also leaving a window open or we're mm-hmm. unlocking a door you know I like that yeah giving a wink to the occasional slave just to mm-hmm. let them know that they're not alone i haven't planned ahead before but you're making some good points think about the future you know you guys are taken back through out of the slave pens into the storage room and shuffled off from there back into the hallways at this point you're all gonna have to split up gondola's okay. got to go to the right Rule has to go to the left and Jason has to go to the second right. So if you're going to stick together, stick together. If you're going to go and do your jobs, you got to go to do your jobs. Are there guards around us right now? There are Yanti just wandering around doing their thing. I'm going to go convince some people to clean up some shit because I'm not doing it. You make your way back the way that you came before. Yeah. A little bit past the hallway of weird carvings into this other room that has this huge snake statue. Off in the side of this room, you see two basilisks with collars on that are just snoozing in these little alcoves off to the side. There's two large carts filled with food and hay and various tools and supplies. And then off in the northwestern corner, you see in this fairly secure pen, a triceratops. Hmm. A triceratops that you recognize. Zongo! I go over and I hug Zongo. There are also a couple of Yonti in here. I don't care if they see our love. 
I'm not embarrassed. They don't seem to bother you as you go in there. They seem to expect that you're just here to do some work and they're just talking amongst themselves. Now that we have Zongo, we could probably just gore some people. Are there other dinosaurs in here? No, there's those two basilisks. They are these medium creatures about man size. They've got eight legs, spikes coming off of their head and back with these bluish scales and glowing blue eyes. Right now their eyes are closed, they're snoozing, but you can see that glowing coming through there and you move past them because they don't seem to be dinosaurs. But Right. I pick up a pitchfork. So that's what you do when you're going to start shoveling poop and hay and stuff. Absolutely. These guys that are here. The Yonti? Yonti. One of them is this huge, fat Yonti pureblood. Up your blood is like the more humanish ones. Mm-hmm. And he's eating from this bag of, it looks like candied eggs. There's probably four other more monstrous looking lizardy UNT that seem to be mindlessly chirping and moving around the room. All right. Well, I get my pitchfork and I head on over to them. Yeah. I say, gentlemen, gentle snake men. Isar sent me. He told me that we are to clean up this filth. Then get started. And you guys. <laughs> uh, I'll watch. Okay. Here's my thing. While I'm working, I like to sing. If it's going to say, uh, if you guys, you know, helped me, you know, it would take a lot less time. But uh, here I go. And I proceed to start singing the most obnoxious song that I learned as a child. At one point, the auntie starts throwing rocks at you as you're shoveling. <laughs> it's not that bad. Come on. You will work in silence or you will work dead. You will go to feed us this evening. I don't think Isar would be very happy about that. I think that Isar will take my word for it. Oh, really? He told me that... To muck out the stables, so get working. Or I'll unchain those basilisks and they'll come over and show you what's what. Mm, okay. <laughs> Jason, you were sent to help in the poison distillery. You go and you take a right and you come into this moist and sticky, humid room. Natural light spills from cracks in the ceiling and the floor here is totally coated in mud. There's these stone workbenches laden with clay bottles of various shapes and sizes all the way around the room. You can see that on the workbenches, there's toadstools and snake root, belladonna plants growing among the clutter, fed from water that seeps from the ceiling. Standing near the plants is a hairless man with scaly skin and this bronze syringe. Lurking in the shadows around him are five slouching humans that reek of decay. You are fairly certain those are undead. He looks up as you come in. Bah, are you not a slave that's sent to help? I am a very skilled and wonderful person who is here to assist you. Good. Hopefully you'll do better than these five. And he waves his hand at the zombies. Come, come forward, come forward. Oh, certainly. He brings you over to the workbench and he shows you all of these fungal samples that he has on the workbench. And these grow out in the caves outside. You must go out. Bring me back six of these and seven of these. Six of those, seven of these. Fetch quest. Shopping list. Can I write this down? It's pretty straightforward. You can handle it. Mm. You can handle it. I need a sharp object to write with. <laughs> You'll remember or you'll die. All right. He points at the back of the room. There's this door. He says, go through there. There's a couple of boats. You get in one. You row it to the north. Don't ring the bell on the boat. 
The first entrance that you see to the right once you're in the water is the fungus cave. And that's where you find the mushrooms. Okay, I gotta go through this door. I gotta ring a bell. Don't gotta... ring the bell. Am I supposed to take the boat? Take the boat. It's got a bell on it, but don't ring it. Well, uh, wait, I'm not supposed to ring the boat. Don't ring the bell on the boat. Wait, there's a bell on the boat or a bell in the cave? <sighs> the bell is on the boat. Don't ring the bell. Hmm. Bell is on the boat. Don't ring the bell. But I ride the boat. Is there someone there that's going to ride me? Or... <laughs> Yeah. Is there someone on the boat who's taking... It's not that kind of boat. It's not that kind of boat. It's not the love boat. No, it's a little canoe. You get out there yourself. You're the slave. You do it. Oh. And I'm supposed to get seven of those and six of these. Seven of those and six of these. Yes, correct. What's the bell for? Like, am I supposed to ring the bell when I'm done? Don't ring the bell or else you'll wake up the sleeper. What the heck's a sleeper? Rasnasi's pet. Oh, I thought all her slaves were pets. Does it wake up all the slaves? Ah, no, this is a very different pet. A different slave? This is, uh, you could say it is a child of Dendar. Who's the father? God damn it, just get in my mushrooms. Get in your mushrooms? Get my mushrooms. All right, all right. He slips out the door. (laughs) You step through the door and you open the door out to this underground river. The shores in front of you, you can see these two little canoes. Front of the boat has this stick that's stuck up out of it with a dinner bell attached to the front of it. Okay. There's some paddles there and... You can see that the cave does continue back off to the right, and you can hear the sound of that kid with Slave Master Isar talking and chittering, giving orders to other slaves from that direction. Mm, Okay. I want to cast Light Wounds on myself quickly. Yeah. Now that I have some time to myself. Totally. Four. Jason Drake Grayson scans the cliffy side and the paths and the echoes and the hears and the stuff. Doing that... You actually see another entrance just a little further along the shore, another cave hallway that continues off to the south. Hmm. Jason Drake Grayson heads down to the boat and takes the bell off of the boat. Okay. And I take the rope out of the boat. Yep. And a paddle, a single paddle. Yep. And then I leave the boat and I go off to the second trail that I had just noticed. Right. Rope and oar in hand. And to dinner bell, I put it under my vest. I don't want it to accidentally ring. The passage here winds through the bowels of the earth. The air here continues to be wet and sticky. The walls are slick with moisture. You can see that there's some harmless centipedes scurrying around as you go through. And after about 100 feet, it starts to climb again, and you can see an opening with daylight. Ooh, I climb up and I just quietly peek inside the hole. It opens to the exterior. You can see that there's this alleyway of ruins, sunlight, jungle. There's all these ruined buildings around you. And just off to the right, you can see the back of several Yuanti's heads just standing guard out there. They're all just sitting. In the distance, you hear this fierce, deafening roar of some sort of creature off maybe a kilometer or two away in the distance. The Yuanti don't seem to react to it. Hmm. Seems like some kind of feeding chamber. The roar is just coming out from the jungle. Yeah. Further inland, away from the ocean. Somewhere out in the city. And there's no ocean around. Oh. There's like an underground river. You've come through a tunnel, and now you're emerging back out onto the surface. Like you found a way out of the caves. Oh, okay, sweet. Well, then I descend back down into the caves. Yeah. And I stealthily creep up to the door that I had just come out of that enters into the poison room. Sure. And I want to quietly open the door to try and sneak up on the poison guy. And his five zombies? And his five zombies. Okay. You have your paddle. I have a paddle and a rope. Make a stealth check. Zombies can't really hear that well, right? A natural 20. 
He's absorbed in dissecting some fungus and drawing venom from his snakes, fangs and stuff like that. He's he's busy. You manage to get up behind him. The zombies are kind of... I want to cast a bardic first level enchantment spell that takes components. Would I be able to gather these components within this space? Tell me what they are. A pinch of fine sand, rose petals, or a cricket? You've managed to pick up some sand out in the front area there. Beautiful. So I want to cast sleep. The tough part about sleep here is that you need to roll 5d8 unless you cast it as a higher level slot, if you can. I could cast it at a higher spell because I got three levels. So if you cast it as a higher level bard spell, you get to roll more dice, potentially more hit points in order to make him fall asleep. All right, I'm going to do that. Okay. I'm going to cast it as a second level. You're going to roll 7d8s. Altogether, are you going to be able to put to sleep 37 hit points worth of creatures? If he has more hit points than that, he does not fall asleep. Uh Uh-oh. If he has less hit points than that, it is no save. He's just unconscious. Oh, sweet. You sprinkle the dust through the air and blow it forward. You recite under your breath a little nursery rhyme. It's time to go to bed. And Zopal, the venom master, slumps forward onto his desk, unconscious. I'm going to grab a couple vials of assorted poisons. Right away, you see that he's got this huge bronze syringe that is just full of this virulent green-looking toxin. Ooh, I take that. Yep. There is a ton of poisons and and bottles around in here. With no backpack, no pockets, it's going to be hard to carry a bunch of these, but you could grab a bunch of poison. Okay, so I'm going to take the syringe. Yep. I'm going to check him for keys. Nothing. Nothing. Oh, he does have a key, but it just unlocks the door. You just came through. Oh, okay. Ooh, I take a little bit of poison. Make a medicine check. Nine. You see some stuff that's obviously serpent venom, which would be an injury poison. You see some stuff that's probably like an essence of ether, which would be an inhaled, like you throw it up in the air and... Mm, Don't want that. Right? And the other one you see, you find some doses of torpor, which would be an ingested poison. I'm going to take the ingested poison Mm -hmm. and I'm going to put it in the pocket of the unconscious man. And then I'm going to put the inhaling one on top of the door... That's just slightly ajar. Classic. So, so that when the door opens, it just falls and Classic crashes. prank. I love it. Yeah. Okay. And then I take the body and I slowly drag him with me back out to the boat. Cool. Oh, you're taking him with you? Yeah. So you've dragged him out to the boat. You've left the poison trap on the door so that if anybody comes to follow you, mm-hmm. it'll smash on them. Precisely. Perfect. Okay. I put him in the boat and I push the boat out into the water. Out into the water. <laughs> okay. And I pull out the dinner bell. Yeah. And I ring the dinner bell. As you leave this area, going back towards the slave pits, you hear in the distance in the underground river some sloshing and this huge form starts to emerge from the water. You rush down the cave hallway back towards the slave pens, coming back to the campfire area with Slave Master Isar and his 10-year-old translator. Did you finish your job already? Did. It was actually a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. What is all this stuff you're carrying with you? This oar and this rope? Yes. That's an, an oar and rope. I'm asked to take it to the other side of the compound. Oh. All right, well, proceed. Don't waste time. Someone is waiting for you. Sorry. Sorry. I gotta go. Yeah. The slave master is adjusting his headdress, completely ignoring you. You proceed through. This is now the first time that you've been in this next room by yourself. And this is the storage room that you've been through. Yeah, there's these stacks of sturdy wooden crates, bundles of cloth, clay amphorae, litter the floor everywhere. And you can see slithering around the room is this giant constrictor snake that makes a figure eight of the room every once in a while. Mm. I continue going to the fork where we left. Yeah. And I 
head down towards Ferule. You take a left, you go back through the Dendar carving chamber, and you come to this room that has a couple basilisks on one side, this huge fat yon leaning against this snake sculpture, eating snacks out of a bag. And there's Ferule, knee-deep, triceratops, dung, singing this annoying song. I break <laughs> the sound and I jump in. Oh my gosh, there's there's the the boat the boat is gone i i tried to grab it but the rope ran out uh, i only had enough time to grab one or we need more hands we need more hands down in the underground river what is this what slow down what is this slave what do you come here screaming you're going to wake up the basilisks but we need the basilisks the, the sleeper the sleeper got the the, the it, 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 it's, it's it's loose it's what it's gotten loose that's not good well go deal with it go put it back to sleep uh i don't think that's our job it's your job if i say it's your job my job is shoveling poo no i'm under strict commands he's got this wide look in his eyes like oh my god i don't want to have to deal with this i came all this way to get the aid from those who protect the basilisks that was the last word that was ushered to me from the poison master roll a deception 22 what am i supposed to do you how am I supposed to know what you're supposed to do? I was just told to tell you to tell somebody else. <laughs> um, all right, well, you, I'll, I'll, you, I will make sure that you he... come with me and, and everybody come on, let's go. And you get the, you get the basilisks and he points at one of the other reptilian kind of non-intelligent looking creatures that goes over and unties the basilisks and brings them along. And you guys all proceed back down the hallway and he's just as flustered and wide eyed and he's anxiously eating his snacks, trying to finish them off before he gets to, <laughs> we will, uh, we'll probably need Zongo for this. There's no way the dinosaur is getting through the hallway. It's just too big. But what if we took him in from the outside? Yeah. What do you mean the outside? From underneath the waterfall. I mean, how did you get him in there? He came in through the front door. Right, so let's go take him out through there. Just keep moving. But what about Zonko? What about him? Get moving. We need his help. His stupid dinosaur doesn't have a name. Are you leading him through the poison chamber or are you leading him through the slave pens? I'm going to lead him through the poison chambers but i'll let him take the lead okay (laughs) (laughs) roll a sleight of hand check nine he gets into the room sees the zombies sees that the back door is ajar and he sees this vial placed on top of it what is this slave get that down right away boss rules scrambles over pulls the can i push him into the door pretend to trip and fall into him you're gonna pretend to do it yeah make a deception 23. You're rushing past him. Go ahead and do a shove. Oh! Seven. He stumbles forward and slams into the door. (laughs) The jar falls onto the ground, smashes, and this cloud fills the air. I scramble away quickly. He coughs and then looks back at you. Come on, we have to get the sleeper. Yeah. It looks like the poison has had no effect on him. Oh. Oh. Yes. Sorry about that. I'm very clumsy. Tell me about it. This is ridiculous. Let's go get that sleeper. How many of them are there? Six and two basilisks. Oh my god. You're the one who told them all to come. (laughs) Did we get Gondola? No. We need to get Gondola. What are you... No, we're dealing with the sleeper. The thing is, is that I've never known anybody who could handle monsters like Gondola. He sues them. There's... He just... It's true. It's I've never seen anybody soothe the sleeper better than Gondolo. They call him Gondolo the sleeper whisperer. Yeah. Make a deception <laughs> check. 
Are we buffing each other? You're aiding. Eleven. Brilliant lie. Well, why did you come to me? Why didn't you go to him first? This guy's such a fucking <laughs> idiot. I was told to come to you first, and then I need to go to him next. Well, if you know the secret to put the sleeper back to sleep, then you should be going to him. You make sure that nobody goes in to see the sleeper, because we don't want anything getting out of hand, okay? So you stay here, and I'll go get Gondolo, and we'll be right back, and we'll take care of this. This is ridiculous. It is. This is absolutely ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. You guys run back out the hallway. You take another right, this time following the path that you think Gondolo took. And you come into this room with this huge 20-foot pit. You can see, looking down into the pit, that there are thousands of snakes all coiling over top of each other. This room has an entrance to the right and an entrance ahead of you. You come to the door that goes to the right, and in the distance you can see these trails of slick red blood back and forth all over the floor. And this coppery smell of just gore. Gross. I don't think that's where they sleep. Why would you sleep in that? Unless Gondol is cleaning that up. No, he's cleaning their beds. Hmm. Go the other way? Yeah, let's go the other way. Let's go the other way. You go the other way. And that is this danker, darker area with these catacomb sort of alcoves carved into it. You see, looking down the hallway, there's this dark alcovey room that looks like some of these alcoves have like pillows and, and bales of hay laid out onto them. From within there, you can hear Gondola's voice talking to someone. And then I, uh, uh, we went uh, onto the dinosaur and we rode it. And that is the story of how I became a d- dinosaur rider. You get in there, peek around the corner, and you can see that there are six yuan standing in a circle around him. Some of them have weapons casually in their hands, and they're poking and prodding at Gondolo as he stands shivering in front of them, trying to entertain them with his story of you know, how heroic he was, I guess. Gondolo, aren't you supposed to be making the beds? Oh, hi, Farul. Uh, Farul, these are um, the masters. And I made all the beds, and now they wanted me to entertain them. Oh. Well, you are very entertaining. I forgot how to do my dance. It'd be easier to do your dance if you had some music. We wouldn't happen to have any musical instruments around, would we? You see a couple bongos (laughs) in one of the alcoves. Damn it. I'm looking for my sick guitar, my loot. I'm a loot man myself. We could do some double looting. Dueling loots. Dueling loots. But now we just have bongos. I guess we could make do. We can duel Bongo. Roll me a performance check then. (laughs) (laughs) 22. You begin to play a soothing rhythm on the bongos. The smooth, sultry beat starts to work its way out, and Gondola's like, hey, yeah, this is actually pretty good. And the Yauntie are swaying to it, and they're like, actually, yeah, this is pretty good. You wanted to be entertained. They start to look at each other. There's like too many slaves here. I can't relax. Get get them out of here. You guys get, go, go. Oh. But we're the ones playing no, this. No, get, go. It's my sleep time. Get out of here. All right, sorry. Okay. Take this little one with you. Yeah, yeah. I pick Gondolo up, put him in his briefcase. <laughs> Thank you, masters. We back out of the room. Yeah, we should get out of here. We should get out of here. Did you find a way out? We need to get past that little kid and that headmaster. Hmm. Because then we can get into the caves we can sneak past everybody outside. Well, you're a magic guy. Why don't you just, I don't know, uh, magic them all away to another magic dimension. We should just grab some dirty laundry and tell them that we're taking it to the underwater river to clean it. 
It's not as cool as magic, but I guess we could do that. Grab some dirty laundry. Okay. I pick up so much dirty laundry, you can't even see me anymore. As you're walking past the alcoves, you grab up a bunch of sheets, and you head down the way, back mm-hmm. through the Slave Master pens. Mm-hmm. Gondola's just in the sheets that I'm holding. Okay. And now you have all these dirty sheets that you're going to go wash in the river, and no. the okay. Slave Master, again, is completely ignoring you. Oh, man. We're just slaving away. These sheets are just so heavily soiled. <laughs> You guys head back out to the underground river. Dump them into the river. Let's get out of here. (laughs) You see in the distance, the half of the boat is floating on the water. And you guys make your way out of the fane of the Night Serpent. The music in this episode was produced by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. Oh. Uh.